And go. What's up, everybody? Welcome into uh, the podcast. Um, hold on. Hold on. Oh, Jesus. Okay. We had some technical difficulty. Um, it's episode okay. 30. It's episode yes. 30, and Dan still hasn't figured this shit out yet. No, 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 no. To be fair, there are two buttons right next to each other that says, this meeting is now being recorded. What would you like to do? And they're very close together. And one says, leave meeting. And one says, got it. And I accidentally fat fingered it and I hit leave meeting. But I got back in pretty quickly, I'd just like to say. You said, I'm not interested in recording episode 30. Fuck recording. I am out of that. here. <laughs> I've got bigger fish to fry. So I have things to do, which include sitting in the basement watching TV. So, well, you know. Okay. Well, uh, for those watching this episode, you can see my backdrop has changed a little bit. Uh, it I'm has actually shifted in drastically. I'm in my living room, as are you. Uh, I am, so looking at you, I'm 100% yep. focused in, well, I would say I'm 98% focused on the podcast today. Yeah, sure. I'm 2% focused on uh, the Vegas Golden Knights hockey game that starts in roughly 12 minutes. So you're going to get 12 sensational minutes out of me. And uh, the rest is history, as they say. And the, the rest will be 98% sensational. Based on your math. 98% sensational, yeah. Which, if we're being honest, 98% of sensationals, I would still argue, is probably sensational. Uh, now, the, you question can make is, you can make that the question is, can you maintain that level of sensational throughout the entire time? I don't know. We'll uh, see. That's yet to I be would, seen. Yeah, yet to be determined. YTD. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, like I said, 12 minutes of just the best you've ever had. And then uh, who knows minutes, what else is going to happen. 12 minutes would be longer than any time I've ever recorded at this point. So. <laughs> in podcasting minutes, in sensational Pod podcasting minutes. What were you podcasting? Think? Podcasting. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, no, we're over the hill now, though. We're 30. This is episode 30. We are, we are 30, and at this point, it's only downhill from here. And let's be honest, it hasn't been that uphill up until this point. It's been very uphill, I would argue. It's been a damn struggle for 30 episodes. <laughs> okay, that's true. It's been an uphill battle, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it hasn't been, like, improved performance, I would say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, we're on. Now we're on it's been an, It's been an uphill battle, but a downhill trend, let's say. Yeah. Yeah, the productivity <laughs> is spiraling out of control with every passing episode. Yeah, we're we're pretty much at baseline at this point. We're we're just barely have a heartbeat. Yeah, we're, we're circling the drain, as the ER doctors might say. Yeah, we're circling <laughs> the drain. Yes. Oh my gosh! Uh, the oh. reason set up like this and uh, anticipating a Vegas Golden Knights game. Not only are we diehard fans of Vegas, uh, they are on a national game, which is rare. They're on a national channel. And, what are they on? Uh, uh, TNT. NBC. Oh, TNT. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're going to be on TNT, and one of their players that they just traded for recently has been out for an entire year. 
he had this neck surgery. I think we talked about it on a previous episode of the podcast where the team that he used to be on didn't approve of his surgery. So they wanted him to get a different surgery, but he went, we did talk about this. Yep. Yeah. I remember that. He went, he went ahead and got the surgery of his choosing the team. He was previously on said F that we don't want you anymore. We're not sure if you can ever play again. And the doctors assured the team he can play again. Well, tonight's the night he makes his debut for now our Vegas Golden Knights. So, so we'll see what he can do. What uh, what position yeah. is he? Is he an enforcer? Is he? Uh, 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 I believe he's uh, a center. 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 Do you say centerman? You say defenseman, but I don't think you say centerman. I'll be honest. Enforcer was the only term I knew, and and I'm not even sure that's a real position. I don't know that it is anymore. It used to be for like the Gretzky days, you know, the best yeah, player yeah. on the team always had a guy that would follow him around in case things got thick, you know, cause Gretzky ain't out there knuckle chucking, you know, that's, yeah, ain't that's out there too bad. Chucking. Yeah. Chucking, you, chucking nucks. Chucking you know nucks. Really, it's, it would be very interesting to see how Gretzky would play against like the Spokane chiefs, you know, like against now? the, yeah, now him at his he's like age. sixty. But you know, other than the pure physicality of it, like I wouldn't want to see a sixty-year-old getting hit by a a twenty-two-year-old at thirty fucking miles an hour. Right. But I would like to see, like, uh, it, kind of the same way I would like to see Jordan out there playing against like the Boise State men's team or with them. Who knows? You know, like, is is the technical aspect of the sport? still prominent enough or is the pure physicality of it taking over like i would argue with football there's no way there is no way you could put anyone over the age of probably 45 and even even at 45 i would argue you probably couldn't play anything but maybe quarterback if you had a real solid o-line right right so maybe so i'd be curious to see yeah what it what it would look like if you uh, if you put them out there, you know, because I'm sure Gretzky in like a, a senior league, he'd obviously still fucking dominate. There's no question. Yeah. No question in my mind. He would still be the best player out there. But if yeah. you put him with with players that certainly aren't at the height of best hockey players, obviously they'd be in the NHL if they were. Yeah. But they're yeah. still working on their skills. I'm sure he'd be a hell of a coach. He'd probably make for a, a great coach considering he knows Probably. the game inside and out but yeah i don't know true. it'd be it'd be it'd be interesting i mean i suppose the uh the hornets have had jordan at the helm for quite a while now and and i mean they're like the biggest name in the nba as far as i know the the, the bobcats slash hornets because they were the charlotte bobcats oh they? look at you dropping knowledge bombs <laughs> what can yeah. i say what can i say oh, i know yeah. very very little uh, but I do have the occasional tidbit, but, uh, the, the Bobcat Hornets. Oh, oh, I was going to say Gretzky does a like charitable alumni hockey game every year here in Coeur d'Alene at that ice rink on Celtis. That little piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. He does like a, like a, cause there's a bunch of former NHLers that own houses on Coeur d'Alene. So when they're all in town, they all they all play like a charity. I don't know what it's called, that's, but that's pretty summer. cool. We should 
We should get tickets to that. We couldn't afford tickets, I'm sure, but I don't think there's tickets. I think you just show up. Oh, and just like donate? There's like raffles and donation stuff. Yeah. I don't think they make cool. money on tickets. No, I'm but, I'm sure they don't. I just figured the ticket sales would probably go towards the same money as the there's, charities. You that's know. true. There's probably an auction or something that they do there. Yeah. I would have to imagine like a signed Gretzky jersey on auction is going to go oh, for a few yeah. thousand I'm dollars. Sure. Yeah, no. That'd be so. that'd be fun though to see to see some of the old retired uh, NHLers out there on the ice. Yeah, yeah, it'd be kind of cool. And they're all sixty cool. now, so you might be able to skate as well as them. Oh, fuck no. You put me on skates. <laughs> that That is a joke. Me on skates is legitimately a joke. I tell you what. Me on – now, skis, I can hold my own on skis. No question. I ski from the age – it's just a long skate. I know it is. I know it is. But my I don't have the ankles for it. Boots for skis come all the way up practically to your freaking, you know, past your shins, almost to your knees sometimes. Yeah skates only yeah. come up just barely above your ankle and i just have real weak ankles i can't get out there huh. but maybe i'm we telling you we you need to maybe we can we get you blade. really long skates that might help like it might help skates yeah ski length skates you can i know. wear can i wear ski boots with them because that would help uh perhaps yeah we could probably strap Although, you into some buckle you know buckling boots I do have a point of contention about ski boots, and that is ski boots to this day are still, even if you get the molded ones, where they're molded to your feet and they fit properly, they're still some of the most uncomfortable fucking footwear out there. But guess what? Guess what? Snowboard boots are comfy as shit. Oh, yeah. What is that about? Why do snowboarders get this luxurious little cloud that they're snowboarding on and skiers still have to strap in to these 19th century torture devices <laughs> why don't you design a coming of age ski boot and you will never have to work another boot. day in your life that would that would actually be a phenomenal idea you could I sell should, that uh, to like rosignol or something and you'd be I a could absolutely sell it to, to rosy and and all the other they're the only one i you know have, that You'd have generational wealth. But but I have to imagine, I have to imagine that some, I'm not the first one to come up with this idea. At least, God, I hope not. So there's something out there that is Why? keeping ski boots so miserably hard to put on, wear, and be comfortable. Well, like you argued, the ski boot comes up to what? Your shin, at least. It does. It does come pretty high up on the, on the, and on the foot. And it's a hard cased. Yes, very boot. hard plastic. So yep. The rigidity alone provides support. There's not much support in a snowboard boot, but you're That's bound. That's true. That's you're true. You're strapped so into the board, though. To the yeah. board. Yeah. That your your ankles don't really move regardless. With skis, yeah. I suppose, you're, you still have that flexibility in the ankle because yeah. your, your foot is only bound to one individual ski. So I suppose that, that is actually a fair point. But I yeah. still have to believe that there is some way they could make them more comfortable because There's especially that. in the cold, especially in the cold, putting on a warm boot isn't that bad. You have the boot in the car as you're driving up and then right before you get up to the hill, you put it right under the heater. You really blast the heat on it, get it mm -hmm. warmed up, get that plastic a little bit flexible. You put it on. It's not bad. Taking them off at the end of the day, 
my God, there is no better feeling than taking a cold, frozen ski boot off your foot and just letting your foot breathe. Oh, let me tell you. Yeah, I believe it. I am a snow. Well, I don't even say I'm a snowboarder because I can hardly even do that. But uh, I do have a board and boots in the garage that have not been used this year. So me too, actually. I have a I have a pair of skis, boots. I got all the gear in the uh, in the shed that they haven't been touched in a couple of years, actually. And yeah. and honestly, at this point, so we, you know, I I didn't grow up in a very affluent family. We had. We never wanted for anything per se, but we didn't yeah. have the nicest stuff. Um, we usually bought used where we could try and save a yeah. little bit of money. So the skis that I have, when I bought them, they were already, oh, I don't know, at least five or 10 years old. Because we always mm-hmm. bought our stuff at the ski swap because skiing is oh, yeah. so cost prohibitive to begin with. Don't even get oh, me yeah. started on that. Oh, but yeah. uh, so, and I've had them for at least probably 10 years now. So they're, they're easily between 15 to 20 years old. I think if I were to ever really, truly get back into skiing, I'd probably want to buy, again, I wouldn't buy new. I would still buy used gear, mm-hmm. but I'd buy some gear within the last five years that has been manufactured yeah. rather than my likely 20-year-old skis and boots. And I would get the fitted boots that were fitted to my feet because I, yeah. never, I never got that as a kid because as a kid, you're always growing. And especially yeah. me, God, it seems like I was I was outsizing shoes faster than we could buy them. True. But, uh, True. you know, I would really like to get back into it. I really enjoyed skiing when I was doing it. But, mm-hmm. God, I cannot stand the drive to a ski resort, especially, especially going to Bogus. Because Bogus here locally, 17-mile drive up a mountain, right? Not bad. Yeah. If you actually look as the crow flies, it's like four and a half miles up the hill. But because it's straight up a mountain, obviously, as most ski resorts are, right. it's a, a windy road that just... Now, granted, you know, I cannot remember... Actually, you know what? If I'm being honest, I, I bet I do remember the last time I think I drove that. And I think I was in a fight with my ex-girlfriend. And I just oh. needed to uh, get out and drive. And... Yeah. uh so I just I just went up to the top and uh, it turned into a pretty good day after that. But uh, and you we just were... drove your car down the mountain instead of putting skis on it. I did. No, no point in putting skis. It was the middle of summer. It was you know there were mountain yeah. bikers up there. I was like, yeah, fuck oh, them. I can you run can them over. Bike bogus. You can. Huh? You can. Okay. They have actually, to their credit, Bogus Basin has done a really good job of making it. So they can they can continue to earn revenue throughout the year. It's no longer just yeah. a ski hill. In the summer, they have this weird little roller coaster thing up there that you like strap into this little cart and it just you roller coaster down this hill and you you can control the speed to a certain extent. Uh, they've got a tubing hill up there. They've got some cross country skiing, some snowshoeing. Um, like I said, they have mountain biking that you can do. So Damn. no, I've, I've actually been very impressed because honestly, the winters here in Boise can be pretty marginal at best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they, they definitely needed to find a second source of, of revenue for that poor ski hill or else I suspect they would have gone out of business. I remember there was one year where they didn't open until like late January, early February, which really? I mean, that's, 
that's bad because they usually that's close late in the season. like <laughs> late March, early April. So yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah. They barely got two months out, and I remember that year they actually they didn't issue any refunds for season passes that I'm aware of. But what they did do is they discounted for any season pass holders for that year that the season pass for the next year, I think was like 50% off or something. So oh, it was okay. kind kind of a benefit, but yeah, like I said, our winters down here are not always that great, but they have done a good job of, of making that mount profitable. Good for right. them. But uh, ultimately, God, I just, I cannot stand the drive up there. I remember getting sick on that drive way too many times. And for some reason, I, I haven't figured out why yet, but they insist on putting ski resorts at the top of mountains. I don't know. I haven't figured That's it strange. out. Yeah, it's strange. It's, it's, I'm not it's sure. A, it's an odd concept, if you ask me. But yeah, it is. It is. I'd like um, it. I'd like it better if they just put the the ski resort, you know, right down here in the valley. Drive five minutes, be at the hill. Snow would. That be would be just, tough. Snow would be god awful. You'd be lucky <laughs> if they were open even two weekends a year. But yeah. Yeah, that, did you hear the dog good, bark? Good, good old Roger. Yeah, she uh, didn't like what you had to say there about putting the base or the yeah. ski hill at the bottom of the hill. She's not wrong. The snow, the snow would be atrocious. But well, yeah. Macklin, Macklin's not barking, but I'm sure you can probably hear him squeaking his toy. Squeaking the toy, yeah. Rogue's yeah, just he's... sleeping on her bed on the other side of our camera here. <laughs> And then every every so often she'll hear something outside, and the neighbors got in the car. So when they slam their door, she barks. Sure, sure. She's got to protect you from that car door. Uh, I have to. Uh, oh, what are you? Oh, are ahead. you drinking our seltzer from this? Yeah, weekend? I was just gonna say, shout out to uh, Bud Light right here. We've got the nice Bud Light hard soda right now. Okay. I'm currently drinking the orange soda flavor, which is quite tasty. Yeah. And just in just in case this. Uh, runs past my one seltzer i do have a second one the cherry cola flavor sitting here as Damn, well you and prepared. Uh, well i actually i i have to tell you i provided this seltzer to some friends this weekend uh -huh. who came over for uh a we had a, a super bowl get together fun uh -huh. time there um super bowl i thought was a little it was a close game which i appreciate you know you were I, close I, I, I owe you money you yeah, win the I bet. Think, I, I think you do owe me money. Just uh, uh, I, I wasn't as close as I would have liked to be. I had I had money in on a couple of those square pools, yeah. and I didn't do as well as I would have liked to on those. But I won the uh, I won the dollar from our bet, which is nice. Yeah, true. But I'm gonna uh, give it to you in pennies, just so you know. That's no, that's I would expect nothing less. What I will <laughs> say about the Super Bowl is yeah. I was a little disappointed with the ads this year. I don't know about you. Yeah, we didn't see much of anything that we liked. Yeah, there was really so the the one that I thought was uh, pretty funny was uh, the one with uh, Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm, yeah, that where one was he pretty goes good. goes through history and you know he's like yeah, I don't. I don't think this will work out. He's he's wrong on every big thing for the last two hundred years. That one oh, yeah. I thought was pretty enjoyable. Um, Did you uh, get baited into the crypto.com one? Oh, I've been on crypto.com long before that. No, no, no. Did out. you get the Did you get the QR code though? Did you scan it? Oh no! Did I you didn't. see that what advertisement? 
yeah, I remember think the I old, saw it, but remember the yeah, old yeah. like Windows thing, and it was just going around, and it was yeah. crypt- that's their whole advertisement. They just had a QR code floating on your screen. That's and funny. It didn't, I, it didn't say anything. It didn't say crypto.com or anything. So people were like taking pictures sure. of it, you know, for to Scanning see what it, it was. Kinda. Yeah. So they're, I'm sure their visits on their website exploded. So that was genius. It. And there was zero thought put into it. Yeah. No, so. that's, that's clever. I didn't see that live, but I did see that afterwards. Yeah. Um, which that was, that was clever. I enjoyed the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, God, who was the, uh, the gal that was with him? Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't J-Lo. It was, uh, she was, she was recently, most recently, she was the hitman's bodyguard's wife. What the hell oh, is her name? Uh, is that Selma Hayek? Yes, that is Selma. Yep. It okay. was, it was Arnold and Selma and he was Zeus. And yeah, honestly, yeah. I, the, the commercial itself was pretty funny, but I'll be honest. I don't remember who it was for. I think it was Salesforce. Salesforce I, did a lot of commercials this year. They they did do a lot of commercials. And do you know what Salesforce is? I imagine it's like a uh, POS operating system, point of sale. Kind of, yeah. It's it's a piece of shit, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean point of sale, like uh, I, under, like I understand or something. No, it, it, Salesforce, at least in the context that I have used it. Now, granted, that's a fairly limited. We only used it uh, at my former employer for a little bit. But essentially, yeah. an, an email would come in, and it would generate a case, as they called it. Yeah. And then that case would be, be put into different categories. Obviously, it would be a new email that needs to be responded to. And then you respond to it, and it becomes what they call like acknowledged unassigned, where we've responded to this, but it hasn't been worked on yet. And that, that may have been a, a Clearwater standard. But really, all it is is just like a a workflow uh, management system. Yeah. So, which that's why I did not understand why they put so much money into advertising to the general public during a Super Bowl. It's specifically built for business enterprise. Like it's, I'm, I'm sure the enterprise people that are making these decisions to actually buy Salesforce aren't making those decisions off of the popularity of their Super Bowl commercials or what have you. So I thought that was interesting that they paid so much for advertisements. You say the general public watches the Super Bowl, but their demographic, I mean, the Super Bowl demographic now, I mean, we'll find out tomorrow because TV ratings come out on Thursdays from the previous week. So tomorrow it's going to say there was, 100 million people worldwide tuned in at the same time True. to the same game. So, I is, mean, is that still from Nielsen? Eyeballs. Yeah. I think Nielsen still provides it. Yeah. I, th- I think Nielsen sure still they, does it. I'm not sure how they calculate it all, considering this year it was on NBC, which also yeah. streamed it on their Peacock platform. So, I don't know how they calculate how many people were watching via Peacock versus how many, like, if a bar is streaming Peacock. Does it count as like 15 different TVs showing it or does it count as one? One, yeah. I don't know. I I don't know how it works. I'm sure they have that built in somewhere. But no, I'd I'd agree with you. It used to be more simple when when you had one TV had like one one subscriber, if you will, or whatever it was. But now the fact that 
I could sign up for a Peacock account and have four different friends that also stream that. And all right. four of my friends could have their own Super Bowl party where there's, you know, 15 people at each. You could have, you know, well over 60 people watching on what's considered one Peacock account. So right. Right. I, I do think... I do find that pretty interesting how they do those ratings anymore. Uh, I'm, not and I, sure. I, I'm not sure how accurate they are, but we always yeah. fall for it. You know, we're always like, Oh, 58 million people watched Will and Grace oh. last week. That's crazy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> who, who, who combines? I think at this point, they probably just make those numbers up. They're just like, yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. Like who's going to check them. Right. Like who's gonna be like, wait a minute? That like, whoa, right. whoa, 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 whoa! We counted, and there was only fifty-seven million. Like, you know, there's some Karen out there that's like, oh, really? Oh, really? Fifty-eight million people? I checked into this, and that is inaccurate at best. Let's cancel him and deplatform him because his numbers were slightly off. By the way, how miserable must it be to be an adult with the name Karen these days? It yeah. has to be terrible. I remember, Absolutely. I can remember yeah. personally when the damn Daniel came out with his, you know, white shoes or whatever the fuck that was about. <laughs> white van, and dude. That, yeah, and that damn was a miserable. Daniel. <laughs> that was a miserable week to be named Daniel. I can't <laughs> imagine what it's like to be named Karen over the last two to three years. It's been a miserable decade for Karens all across the world. Yeah, I think it has. Yeah. I think it has. Because I would I would hazard a guess to say that probably less than 1% of Karens out there are probably named Karen. That's true. And uh, That's it's, true. Uh, uh, I don't it's know. too bad. I don't know what... I don't know what the solution is either. We're going to have to come up with another uh, moniker or uh, Karen's just going to live in infamy for the rest of eternity. I would probably guess. Now, I haven't seen the actual statistics, but they do track statistics on this. I would guess that the name Karen has probably fallen out of favor at a much higher percentage than any other, than any other name in history at this point. Maybe because the that steepest is, decline in babies being named Karen in the history of ever. Yeah, I would say I would say probably because people that let were, me tell you, were, nobody wants to be a Karen anymore. You know, maybe they were choosing between uh, Karen and like Dave if it was a boy. You know, sure. uh, you could go David. You know, you could go. But what's a nickname for Karen? There's none. What do you What are you gonna call her? Carrie, yeah. Carrie, maybe Carrie, maybe, but that, Karen, Carrie, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I don't. I don't know. You don't. I mean, really you're screwed get if you there. choose. Ren, if you choose maybe? Karen. Ren. Oh, that's like that's like 21st century. That's so Portland of you. Yeah. Well, what can I say? Boise is like mini Portland, right? That's, uh, that's what, what they what say. I've been at told. Least. Yeah. That's what they say. Keep uh, keep Portland weird. Keep Boise weird, right? Keep. Keep Boise odd. I don't. I don't really want that. I don't. I don't want to be the next Portland. I just. I just want to be. You Boise. guys. You guys have too much tech stuff. Portland doesn't have all the tech stuff you guys have. We. Yeah, we do have. Uh, we. You guys so are like. Our, you guys are like Silicon Valley Junior. Yeah, Silicon Valley. Tech, Silicon Valley. Yeah. Our our tech infrastructure was uh, spearheaded by none other than. The original micron and i suppose we had hp as well 
Okay. We have both Micron and HP. Um, Clearwater is really trying to make a name for themselves. Uh, they just went public probably six months ago. Okay. Insider Maybe eight trading. months ago, but. Oh, wait. Uh, it's already happened. I'm not an insider anymore. I'm just, oh, I just happen true. to be a, a member of the public that happens to hold Clearwater stock, <laughs> uh, which is, valid. it's readily available uh, to be traded on any platform, including Robinhood. So now I have, I have absolutely no, actually, that's not true. I still have many friends that work at Clearwater and I do have some insider, what, what could be considered insider information, but believe yeah. me, those friends aren't smart enough, nor are they high enough level to have any kind of information that could potentially be considered insider information. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, oh, man. Hey, uh, just so you know, uh, the game is yeah, now on. So uh, it's 0-0, zero, zero, and they're like three and a half minutes in, and someone just got punched in the face. So that's cool. That's cool. Uh, we actually just went this past weekend to our first um, uh, Boise Steelheads game. Yeah, the Idaho and, well, I guess I guess technically they're the Idaho Steelheads, but I, I like to consider them a Boise team, you know. Yes. But uh, anyway, we just went to our first Steelheads game in uh, quite a while. It's been probably close to two years since I've been to a Steelheads game. We had great seats. We were in row Damn. F, uh, so we were about six rows up from the ice, I think, uh, which was actually unfortunate because we were sitting – at what could be considered behind the end zones, if you will. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was right at a position where, you know how they have nets up, obviously, around both yeah. sides behind the goal? Yeah. It was right at a spot where, where the net connected to the plexiglass was just right in the very center of your viewing. So you either Man. had to duck down a little bit or go up. But you got but, used to it pretty quick, and they were good seats. It's because you're a giant, dude. Us normal-sized people wouldn't have had to duck. That may be true. That may be true. The best seats, it's it's controversial. You may you may disagree with this next point I make, but the best seats to watch hockey live is either way up high when you're looking down on the ice or right sure. up against the glass. Yeah, right up against the glass. So my very first ever hockey experience uh, mm -hmm. My mom had won tickets with her work, uh, and we got seats that were, I mean, literally row A, right up against the glass. We were corner mm -hmm. ice. I forget. I Obviously, it doesn't matter which corner you're in. They're all the same since there's right. a few periods. They swap back and forth. But we were corner ice, and I was probably seven or eight years old, and mm -hmm. it scared the shit out of me. These 200-pound really? guys slamming into the glass right in front of your face oh my god uh, it was traumatic now i would love those seats yeah Th well this those day in an age, nhl game you're paying a pretty couple, penny a couple thousand bucks uh yeah probably probably yeah. i mean nosebleed seats in vegas I mean, were like we're like 200 bucks a piece uh so. slightly under but yeah yeah not cheap well i i know because we looked into them and we we're like Ugh. I like hockey, yeah. but I don't know if I like hockey that much. Yeah, but the NHL is so much more, like, uh, I don't know, crazy, I guess, than an Idaho yeah. Steelheads game would be. Oh, yeah. I can There's imagine. so I much mean, going on. Your sensory it, overload. Because to me, like, when you compare college to 
professional, like the closest, yeah. the closest I can equate those, like I would say, I would guess, now you might correct me here, but I would guess that basketball is probably the closest delta between college and professional. Because there's, there's a lot of guys that are, are capable of going to the pros, certainly yeah. before they finish out their college career. And some of them yeah. uh, even go before they even go to college. Mm-hmm. Then you have football. Very, very rarely do you see somebody go from playing high school to professional. I don't think, have, have they ever seen that? Like uh, I have to imagine. No, the development in there's, college, you have to go three yeah, years. Yeah, there's no, there's no 19 year olds out there on an NFL team. There's no. absolutely not. That would be no. impossible. So, so I have to imagine they're kind of next. And then, like, what? I can't even imagine what it would look like. The gap between an Idaho Steelheads game versus an NHL game. I have that's to stupid. imagine that's probably pretty drastic. If you go like if you go to like an Idaho Steelheads game or Spokane Chiefs game, and then like if you were fortunate enough to go the next day to an NHL game like the Seattle Kraken or something, your mm-hmm. mind would literally explode within your cranium. Like it, it's so different. It's vastly different. They're just faster. This that's the well, thing yeah, with they're bigger, all, they're faster, they're better, just all but, around. All pro sports in the last probably 10 years has evolved. All, all of it, all of it from NFL, NHL, MLB, NBA. It's all speed oriented now. It used to be power oriented, like yeah. power. You're going to hit home runs. You're going to, what you know, stuff like that. Uh, hockey, you're going to hit hard. You're going to skate hard. You're going to. You're just going to kill people out there on the ice, sure. you know, all that. And now it's just speed. They, the faster you are, you avoid big hits. You avoid, you yeah. know, injuries. You avoid this, that, or the other, you know, like the speed allows you to find more open ice. The speed allows yeah. you to get more bases when you hit a base hit. Speed allows you to outrun a defender and catch a touchdown pass. Like, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you brought that up. I, I didn't consider MLB, but there's there's I would argue that MLB is probably the closest between what you would consider like like young athletes, the 18 year olds and 19 year olds compared 100%. to even even yeah. uh, NBA, because there's a lot of MLB players that just go straight into the majors. Well, what's what's a different, I guess, uh what's the word of variable here with baseball is the foreigners. There's a lot of 16, sure. 17, 18 year old Dominican kids that yeah. are better than every college athlete in America. Sure. Sure. The 16 yeah. year old Dominicans have been playing baseball since they were three years old and Which, old enough to hold a ball in their hand. I, I suspect now this may not be correct, but I suspect yeah. if that's the case for the M, uh, yeah, for MLB, that yeah. probably has to be the case for other sports like the NFL, like the NBA. I just feel like you need so much less to play baseball, which yeah. is why it's so that's much more. Which that's kind of why soccer is so popular around absolutely. the globe. Absolutely, because all you need to play soccer is the ball, ultimately. You really you need just to, need the ball. In today's world, it's funny you bring this topic up that we're transitioning into because I listened to a podcast today about this, but 
in today's world, you have to have money to play football. You have mm-hmm. to have money to play hockey. You have yep. to have money to play tennis, golf, anything like that. Most Olympic sports, you need money. All, all Olympic sports. Yeah, exactly. And, but then it comes down to like. If you're an Olympic athlete, you're specializing. Those people, those kids from a young age are doing one sport and one Absolutely. sport only. Gym- gymnastics. If you're a swimmer, you're, you're only you're swimming. Only, yep. If you're if you're a uh, anything speed skater, you're on skates from the age yeah. of three years old, man. Like yeah. it, it doesn't matter if you're gonna be in the Olympics for that. That's the one thing that your life has been devoted to up yeah. until this point. See, and now they're finding that I guess cross platforms across many different sports you become more athletic. So if you grew up playing baseball, but then like right now there's a big debate with baseball players because they're saying, Oh, well, these kids play travel ball and they play high school baseball. And they, so they play baseball all year round. And then there's the kids that make it that played basketball in the winter and they played football in the fall. And in the summer they hang out and just kind of lay low. And then they play baseball in the spring. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. Well, you know, you know, I have to imagine that an athlete is an athlete is an athlete. Like for the most part, if you were to take it, let's even just say a high school athlete that yeah. played basketball, they're going to be better at other sports than just the average Joe simply because they have that competitive mindset. They already mm-hmm. have the, the physicality to say, okay, I've, I've worked out, I've toned my body, I can, I can make my muscles do things that maybe the average Joe can't just simply because right. I've done this. Um, but I, I think that you'd probably see if, if somehow they could afford to the yeah. equipment to play these other sports. I would be curious, obviously, like, what's the, the best country in the world for sprinters? Jamaica. Like Jamaica, Jamaica, yeah. 100%. Like, yeah. I would be curious if you could spread the wealth across the world, what country might dominate, you know, in football? What country might dominate in speed skating? What country might, because there are all these things out there that are just so cost prohibitive that even yeah. though we attempt to have the Olympics where the, the whole world comes together and you see all the countries doing all the things and it's like, yeah, but you really don't. You still, yeah. to this day, you really don't because there's no way that, I mean, somebody down in the Dominican Republic is going to become a loser, is going to become a curler, is going to become a speed skater. Like, no. Right. No, you're down in the Dominican Republic. You're going to play fucking baseball or it's nothing. Or you're going right. to just be a standard Dominican at that point, I have to assume. Because so here's that's the thing. what they're famous for. Here's the thing with Winter Olympics especially. Every, I would say not everything here. Uh, 75%, three out of every four events takes place on a sheet of ice. Yeah. Curling, speed skating, hockey, whatever. Simply finding the resources for an ice rink yeah. 
anywhere, Absolutely. even in America, is few and far between. There's well, well, yeah, not not only a, do they do they take place. Here. Not only do they take place on ice, but even if they're not on ice, guess what? They're on snow. Guess yeah. where you don't have a lot of snow within a thousand miles of the equator. You yeah. know, across a third of the globe, you don't really see a lot of snow. So it's not really fair to say, oh, well, the Canadians are the best at hockey. Okay, well, the Canadians are the ones that have to this day the most readily available access to places where they could even begin to play hockey, where they could begin to ski, where they could begin to snowboard, whatever it is. That's, yeah. That just happens to be same thing with uh, with Greenland or with, you know, I don't know, Norway. Like I saw, I think I saw today that Norway right now is leading in, in the medal medals. Yeah they, yeah, they have the most gold medals and they have the most total medals too. Well, guess what? I bet Norway has a fuck ton of probably ice. a lot of snow, snow <laughs> and ice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A lot of cold weather. Guess yeah. what the Dominican Republic doesn't have a lot of? Guess what Cuba doesn't get a lot of? You know, Jamaican bobsled team did qualify That's... for the Olympics this year, though. Hey, but what's uh, well, maybe we'll see another uh... cool runnings. Great mm -hmm. movie. If you haven't seen it, it's on Disney Plus. Check it out. Uh, but um, hey, hey, enter the... entertain the troops for me for a second, would well, you? Oh shit! I was just gonna tell a story and I forgot. You made me space out. Uh. It'll come to me at some point or another. Uh, as far okay, so to put this into perspective, like price point, roughly, youth hockey is probably one of the most expensive uh, for all the gear and travel costs. And because there's only literally two rinks within a hundred miles, or probably more than that, probably within 200, 300 miles uh 300 miles i don't think is that far of a stretch but two rinks within 300 mile radius here um and then like i said gear and uh you have to rent ice time as a team so you rent ice time you pay for travel costs to play in all these tournaments and the gear to put it into perspective when i was in eighth grade i looked very seriously into being a hockey goalie with the big pads right the big shin pads you got an extra uh, chest protector you got the special like catcher's helmet uh, like they do in in the catcher's helmet in baseball is directly replicate uh, a, a replica of the hockey helmet now that shit in total all of it just gear was like 2500 bucks and then you rent ice time every practice because there's yeah. a plethora of teams that need the ice time. Plus travel costs for every tournament was like 150, 200 bucks because there's no teams around here. So you had to yeah. either bus or fly to Canada, to Michigan, to wherever, Colorado, Every freaking weekend, dude. Yeah. 100, 200, yeah, I mean that, $300 a weekend. That yep, doesn't that right your there. family goes with you. Hotel, food, all that shit too. I mean, it's stupid. That, that right there illustrates my exact point of where would the natural talents, if you were, lie if it wasn't so cost prohibitive? 
because at this point it's just it's it's silly to even think that you're you're testing the best athletes in the world you're not you're testing the best athletes in the world that can afford these things yes i i like to believe that the summer olympics is slightly more inclusive because some summer olympic sports can definitely be a lot less cost prohibitive now granted just because they're less cost prohibitive doesn't mean that countries are still investing in that that doesn't mean that you're it's it's readily available i'm sure archery probably isn't a very popular sport down in i don't know south america or down in maybe africa or something like that i would say that you know a, a lot of these sports even still aren't very popular and therefore you're not getting the best talent you're getting the best talent that can afford to play that can afford to be in that sport so i i think i think eventually eventually at least i hope it will equalize a little bit and we'll see more you know inclusion in overall sports for especially like i said especially when it comes to the olympics because the olympics you expect to be the best of the best of the best regardless of cost regardless of where you're from anywhere in the world if you truly are the best at a sport somehow you should be able to make your way into the arena of that sport that's just simply not the case that we're we're not living in now is is that I mean, on the same subject, but a little bit off subject, I guess. Does that same profile that we just built around sports being money driven, does that apply anywhere else in life where like the more money you have, the, I guess the more opportunity you get? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that applies everywhere in life. At this point, everything in life comes down to the opportunities that you're granted and i think you can have the best mind for technology you can have the best mind and body for sports you can have the best mind for you know sales or for medicine or for engineering and if you're not given the resources and this is honestly i probably shouldn't say this but i'm gonna say it anyway and if we get canceled you can blame me do it but this this is my problem with uh organizations in especially in the business world in the world i exist in for example they have organizations across doesn't matter where you are women's organizations where it Mm -hmm. is specifically like oh women in business women in finance women in whatever it is that's not to say i'm not supportive of that I am absolutely supportive. Anybody who is good at what they're doing, regardless of race, gender, you know, creed, I don't care. If you're the best at what you're doing, you should absolutely be hired for the job. And if you're discriminated against for one of those things, that's a travesty. I'm 100% in support of that. But what I can't stand is all these initiatives that say, we need to hire minorities. We need to hire women. Well, guess what? If the hiring pool is 90% white males and 10% other, 
And you come out of that hiring pool hiring something that is drastically different than probably 90% white males, there's probably something wrong there because I am 100% in support of the right person for the job should get the job. If the right person for that job happens to be of, you know, white male, that, then who cares? They should still get that job. None of those other things should matter. And I feel like in this day and age, affirmative action has almost become synonymous with essentially reverse discrimination. And I don't want to come off as, you know, oh, I'm a, a privileged white male. Like, when's it going to be my turn? Obviously, that's not my goal. That's never yeah. been my intention. I just think that whoever is the most qualified and the best person for whatever position it should be, it was it was uh, that way in the presidential race for mm -hmm. uh, 20, you know, 2008, 2012, 2016. They were like, we need a woman president. And mm -hmm. I absolutely could not stand that rhetoric. I hated it. Yeah. I hated yeah. people who said, we need a woman president. No. We don't need an anything president. We need the right president. We need the best person for the job. Now, if you say we need to broaden the reach of STEM programs, you know, science, technology, engineering, and math. Yeah, yeah. I 100% agree with that. We need to, just like I agree, that we need to make hockey available to the Jamaicans. We need to make hockey available to these people who don't necessarily have access to it. I agree with that in the same way I agree that to uh, people who live in the inner city that don't have these opportunities, people who live in, in, you know, third world countries that don't have these opportunities, we need to make that more readily available. Absolutely. Broaden the hiring pool, broaden the pool of applicants and candidates. Yes, I 100% am in support of that. But no, I do not agree with hiring initiatives that say we need to hire more women simply based on their gender absolutely not i will never agree with that yeah i i on the same topic i asked this question to a previous employer once i said why do you guys ask us to fill out our race uh and gender on our job application and they said oh because you know we have to show that we're interviewing a, a equal amount of sure. whatever you know whatever the circumstances are an equal amount and i was like but what if only what if a hundred percent of your applicants were white males yeah why does it matter what their rate if i didn't put my race and gender on there it would not have differed your opinion in any way shape or form after my interview it, it shouldn't have, at least. It's debatable whether or not it does, but it should not have. But if they didn't put that on there, wouldn't there be more of a chance for people? Because they're not going to be like, oh, Joe Schmo or... Yeah. I mean, if they have a very yeah. ethnic... You think they're getting the same opportunity as someone named Joe Smith? Yeah. I mean, there's employers it's out there, and I hate to say it, but they're... They don't give a shit what your race is. They look at your name. And if it's ethnic, they're skipping over that. They're putting it back yeah. in the file folder it's, and they're going with a this, Joe Smith. Yep. It's, it's the you same know? reason, honestly, when it comes to academic papers, 
they only publish the first initial and the last name because by last name, obviously you can you can somewhat tell ethnicity sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, but but you can't tell gender from last name. You just yeah. can't. You can't assume everybody gets a last name and they don't get to pick it whatsoever. It's right. not like a man out there named you know Tim, and and a woman <laughs> named Tim. Obviously, you're gonna think, okay, uh, you know this this these people are both men. Oh no, it just happens to be a woman named Tim. You know, <laughs> nobody nobody gets to choose their last name, and yeah. I think I'm in full support of anonymity. I think that's hundred percent. Instead of instead of disclosing all these things, we need to be more anonymous about them. We need to say, regardless of what your race is, regardless mm-hmm. of what your gender is, and regardless of what your your creed may be, who gives a shit about any of those things? If you're yeah. the right person for this job, you should get the job. That's it. Done and done. It shouldn't matter what your age is. It shouldn't matter. And that's why the U.S. government calls all of those things protected classes, you know, Mm -hmm. supposedly, oh, you can't Mm -hmm. discriminate based on age, race, gender, creed, you know, whatever it is. But I I still I'm like, no, those shouldn't those shouldn't be protected classes. Those shouldn't mean anything. None of those things should even be applicable at this point. Discrimination. Discrimination is a hundred percent like taught. You don't. You're not just born yeah. discriminating Absolutely. people. You're not, you don't come that. out of the womb yep. just being like, "Oh, I hate, I hate females," or "I hate males," yep. or "I." It's literally a yep. learned practice over the yep. extent of your life. So, if anonymity was included in the hiring process and there wasn't any of that. You wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like the government says, oh, you can't, you can't discriminate, but really you can, because some of these people doing the hiring have been discriminating their entire adult lives. So bring in anonymity and make it a, a, that's the way things are now. That's just the way the business world works. And I think the thing that irritates the hell out of me is uh, along the lines of what you're saying, like I follow sports, obviously, so I'm going to make a sports reference here, but the NFL has like two black head coaches for football. And every time a job opening comes open, there is a literally it's called the Rooney rule in the NFL. They have to interview a black person for the position. They have to. It's required. But then every time they end up hiring, in their eyes, the best candidate who more often than not is not the man that in this case would be black. Sure. And it's like, why is there even a rule in place that says you have to interview a person of minority when you could just interview people? Interview all candidates that are qualified for this position. If their resume matches the requirements, Yep. They get an interview. And that's that's why I say, yes, we need to broaden the hiring pool. Mm-hmm. We need to broaden. We need to be encouraging minorities and females and whoever else. We need to encourage everybody to go for whatever they want to go for. If yeah. you are a, a female and you want to go into engineering, great, do it. If you're a yeah. minority and you want to go into uh 
you know, whatever it is, technology. Absolutely, we encourage that. We need to broaden the hiring pool from a young age. I absolutely encourage mm -hmm. that. But we absolutely cannot support reverse discrimination when it comes down to, oh, we are required to, regardless of what our hiring pool looks like, hire at least half men, half women. We need to hire half minorities versus half you know, non-minorities. Absolutely right. not. If your hiring pool does not reflect what you're hiring, more than likely there's a problem. And maybe there's not. Maybe the 10% of candidates that you interviewed that were minorities were far and away the best candidates. Then absolutely, they should get the job. No questions asked. I don't care. But statistics would dictate that more than likely that's probably not the case. Mm -hmm. It's and unfortunate. So it's it unfortunate. And but it's so that's 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 where I'm at in this day and age. And it's kind of like I feel like every I have a buddy locally that mm -hmm. every single TV show, movie, yada yada that he watches, he feels like there's a character that could be con considered in the LGBTQI LMNOP, you know, I, I don't remember the rest of the acronym to be completely honest. Yeah. But when you actually look at true statistics, I think, and, and somebody please fact check me if this is wrong, please yeah. tell me I'm wrong. But I believe that less than 10% of, of individuals out there identify as LGBTQ, you know, right members if you will i don't i don't really know what the official term would be but it seems like you see a lot more than 10 percent of representation and mm -hmm. i think you should represent the actual demographics of whoever's watching of of the real world i want mm -hmm. representation on par with what i see in real life now granted maybe that you know, less than 10% isn't accurate. Maybe people still to this day aren't comfortable as identifying as bisexual, as pansexual, as whatever mm -hmm. it is. There's still certainly stigmas out there. I understand that. Yeah. I just, I just think we need to accurately represent the demographic of people existing today. And we need to, we need to accurately understand the demographic of people as you know, existing today. And that's, that's where the line for me does get slightly blurred. I understand that because even if somebody is, you know, let's say bisexual, they may not necessarily identify that way, or maybe it's just in the public eye that they don't yeah. identify that way. Maybe in their private life, they have come out to their friends, to their partner, whatever it is. Yeah. But I don't know. It's tough. And I, I do tend to agree with that, that it seems like in a lot of media that you watch, there's a lot of representation right now of the LGBTQ community, which I, I, I support. I think that's great. I think we should support them in every way possible in that we're not discriminating against them. But I don't yeah. think we just throw support just for support's sake. I think that kind of defeats the purpose. And again, I think that supports reverse discrimination. Yeah. You know what? You know what I love most? When Dan cracks a freaking seltzer on a Wednesday recording. Yeah. Because well, 
He cuts loose. He doesn't hold but, back. And you know what? Right. If we get canceled for anything you said, I'm going to not even be mad about it. Hey, we made it to 30, man. We made it to 30. Most podcasts we, only last seven episodes. So we've yeah. tripled that. We've quadrupled. Yeah. We've, we so, have, we're just about at the quadruple mark. Yeah. Or we have quadrupled. We're, we've we're, we've uh, surpassed the quadruple mark. Over so the quadruple. We're four times better than average if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. I, I also learned today that uh going back to your original point of when dan cracks his seltzer yeah the average the average individual has less than 10 alcoholic drinks a week so what i learned is that i am well above average 10 okay i'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you i probably have six throughout the whole week and four yeah, of them are four of them on, are on sunday <laughs> <laughs> so uh, see you're below average i'm above average we're right together we're at the average yeah see we balance each other out you're the <laughs> yin to my yang uh all that fun stuff you know yeah yeah so, that's fair uh, well the most important <laughs> question of the night as we start to wrap things up here how did you bowl this week you know uh tonight my first game was good i threw a 220 my second game was not – I feel like people get offended when I say this. My second game was not good. I threw like a 175. For Higher most than I've ever bowled people, in my life. For most people, that would be a good game. But I have right now – I am not most people. I am above average, sir. You are above average. You are above average. But for most people, the average is probably at best 100, maybe 110. For me, yeah. I have a 196 average combined between my multiple <laughs> leagues. So for me, yeah. a 170 is bad. But most people are like, "Oh, that's that's still good." I'm like, "Yeah." But a, a, a you know, somebody with a batting average of 280 that goes up two innings in a row and strikes out, that's going to be bad. Or maybe they get, you know, one hit out of those six, you know, Six pitches are probably more than likely seven to 12 pitches between those yeah. two innings. Yeah. You know, even if they only get one hit, that's maybe a 100 batting average. That's going to be bad for them. Absolutely. But for, for the average Joe Schmo, a 100 as far as their batting average, especially when you're swinging at 90 mile an hour fastballs, is going to be great. Yeah. So true. yeah, I my second game was not great uh, around a 170, and my third game I picked it up again and I threw like a 235 or something. So overall, okay, I I threw in the 620s for my series, uh, which gives me like approximately a 207 average, roughly, which is good because that's higher than my current game average. Uh, so I can't I can't complain. I'm hoping tomorrow to replicate that slash do better. Um, so we'll see. We actually did just have a discussion tonight about the, the trophy in our league. We have two trophies, one for high average, one right. for the team that won. And right now there's three of us in competition for the high average, myself and then two of my fellow bowlers. Uh, I have to date a 196 in my Wednesday night league. The other two bowlers have a 198 and a 199. So I'm right there, but I'm just barely below. So tonight, okay, I don't expect to raise my average any, but at the very least, it didn't drop. 
Okay. Well, we expect big things moving forward. And I like these post-game press conferences we just uh, got you on there. So that was fun. Welcome. I, you know who else is a, a hell of a bowler? And you'll appreciate this because he's also a hell of a baseball player. Can you guess who I'm talking about? Uh, perhaps it rhymes with cookie. It does. Kind, and that, kind of. He's actually, he's actually the cookie. fourth baseball player I should have known. Uh, I don't know why he didn't pop into my head. He popped into my head as a bowler, but not as a baseball player. Good old Mookie Betts. Good old Mookie and Kookie. Yeah, I said Kookie, Mookie. It's not Mookie. It's Kookie. Yeah, it's Mookie. Kookie, Mookie, you know. That's uh, all I'm saying. But yeah, Mookie, Mookie Betts. Betts. He he is a hell of a bowler. He is a, a yeah. very good bowler. He's in the uh, – he's certainly competed in uh, PBA-level tournaments. I don't know that he's actually in the PBA. I don't think uh, so. I, you know who else is I good as a cross-sport athlete? Chris Paul. Cliff Paul. Oh, really? From the State Farm commercials. Yeah. When, See, you know, yeah, Chris Remember Paul. when uh, the deer knocked off all his bowling balls in his garage? Yeah. Yep, That's legitimate. Like, he has all those bowling balls. He's like an avid bowler, and he's bowled at PBA events as well. Is, is that CP3? Is that the right guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. And he's close to probably retiring from the NBA, so we'll look out for him on the PBA tour. Yeah, you gotta you gotta watch out for him. Do they um, uh, in the PBA? This may be a stupid question. They go to different bowling alleys, like all over the country, right? Yeah, absolutely. Is, so, is not, there anything? So, is there anything close to like home field advantage since bowling alleys are like all the same? You know, not particularly because. Uh, so on my level, yes, there yeah. is absolutely such thing as home field advantage. I grew up mm-hmm. bowling at Westies Garden Lanes down in, in Garden City here in Boise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go there and far and away, I will bowl better there than any other league or, or any other alley anywhere in the state of Idaho. I bowled it, to be honest, most bowling alleys in the state of Idaho, and I will bowl so much better at Westies. But when you get up to the professionals, every single lane is really different, not only because the lane itself is just slightly different, but the oil pattern they put out on the lane can be drastically different, even at the same alley. You can bowl yeah. at the same alley one day, and then the next day, the oil pattern that they put out could be drastically different than the one that you were bowling on yesterday, which is why professional bowlers carry around you know a, a whole train of balls with them that they throw mm-hmm. with you know me personally I have one ball I throw with yeah. it well technically I have two I have my strike ball which is the one I throw on the initial toss to try and hit the head pin and yeah. get a strike and then I have my spare ball which has absolutely some a, a lot of people don't know but bowling balls have a weight in them to cause mm-hmm. certain reaction of the ball some people have a lot heavier weight which causes a lot more reaction, i.e. a lot more of that hook that you see. Some people have a lighter hook. It just depends. But depending on the oil pattern, you might, as a professional bowler, like for example, myself, I went down to Nationals in Las Vegas. It's not, mm-hmm. it's nothing fancy. Anybody in their, in their mom can bowl in Nationals if they want. You just have to pay the entry fee. I okay. can't guarantee you'll bowl fairly well, but you're allowed to bowl. You're allowed to yeah. participate. Uh, I have, like I mentioned, about a 196 average right now. At the time, I mm-hmm. had maybe about a 180 average. 
uh, eyeballed, eh, I would say about a 120 average down at nationals. It was, it was abysmal. Guys I was bowling with had 210, 220 averages. I mean, wow. really, really solid bowlers. And they yeah. were throwing one, 150s to 160s. Like it was, it was atrocious. And that yeah. to me gave me more respect for the professional bowlers than any tournament I have ever watched on TV. Because if you watch a tournament on TV, they're throwing the ball and it reacts and it looks very similar to what I would throw on my usual Wednesday night league at Westies. Mm -hmm. You know, it goes out, it hooks in, it hits the pocket, you get a striker, you leave a pin or two, right? But to actually, on all these different oil patterns, to get your ball to react in the same way, that to me is what's really impressive. So uh, long story short, to answer your question, Yes, there can be considered maybe a little bit of home field advantage, but for the okay. most part, uh, for the most part, all lanes can be pretty different, especially depending on the oil pattern. Good to know. Now I know. Now I'll keep that in my back pocket the next time I go bowling and I tell my friends, hey, guess what? The oil pattern on this one is slightly different than that one. Yeah. It absolutely no. can be, and it can vary. It can vary from lane to lane. It can vary from alley to alley. I mean, everything. You know, if you throw a straight ball, it doesn't really matter. If you throw a straight ball, your oil pattern doesn't affect you whatsoever. But if you throw I with any throw, kind of a hook, straight gas. Yeah. Well, there you go. You have beat me before. Uh, I think there may even be a picture of it you, somewhere. I beat you with a one sixty one. Yeah, because I've never yeah. bowled higher than a 161 in my life. Yeah, that's so that was, that was probably an off game for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe the, maybe the oil pattern was weird. Maybe you were bowling right handed. Maybe you it only may- had two holes in your bowling ball. Who knows? Yeah, it may have been. It's it's honestly hard to say. But we'll we'll chalk it up to Jake being victorious once. I'm never going to let you, you were- live that down. I know you won't. And you know what? I've accepted that. Well, I'm sure you've beat me at plenty of things. Marbles. I freaking rage quit every time I play that shit. <laughs> Marbles, uh, ping pong, bowling ping pong, generally. Pool. You can beat probably, me at pool. Probably pool, spike ball. Billiards. Spike ball, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you seen, uh, it's called Crossnet. Crossnet's the new, the new shit. It's a it's a volleyball net, but it goes both ways. It goes this way and it goes this way. So four people play individually. It's like four square, but in the air. You gotta look it so up. I've I've seen that or I've actually played that with nine people before. Is that the same thing? Where it's like a, a bunch of people and you get like a little like the one I played was built with PVC pipes and it was a, a three by three grid. So it wasn't it wasn't quite a two by two like you're referencing, but it was basically you just try and get the ball like up over into someone else's square. It's like four square, but in the air and a lot more people. Yeah, pretty much same thing. But Crossnet is like much like spike ball has tournaments on ESPN and shit. It's wild. I need to I need to get into Crossnet. Uh, you know what amazes me, to be honest, could, is cornhole. Be, yeah, cornhole's wild. Cornhole can get real wild. Crossnet could be what you do in the summer, you know, when you want to get all tanned up and, and you know, your beach bod and shit. I, uh, I've i never had a beach bod. 
never had a beach bod in my life. Let's be honest. 2022 is the year. Never say never, Dan. My personal trainer stopped personal training. So now yeah. I'm just SOL. He's retired. You can't say he stopped. He retired. He hung him up. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I feel like that's a pretty good note to end on. <laughs> the retired threw, personal trainer note. Yeah. You threw you're me just gonna straight go, in front of the bus. I'm going to go cry gonna go, now. You're going to go cry under the bus now. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know you're the one driving it. You're going to freaking flip the wipers on and oh, keep driving. I'll, I'll run you right over, flip the wiper on, wipe you off like like a bug that just happened to hit my windshield. That's what happens. God. Well, <laughs> hey, what's the score of the Knights game? Let's end it on that. Still 0-0? Uh, 0-0. Zero, zero, end of the first period. It's an intermission right now. So, all right. it's all good. It's, I'm, it's, I'm still it's a little in the nervous. First intermission. First intermission. I don't, I don't, first of all, I don't understand why they have to play on periods, why they can't play on halves or quarters like every other fucking sport out there. Second of all, I why mean, do they call it intermission if there's two of them? Traditionally, intermission is the. Well, it's like not a halftime. Yeah, well, it's not a halftime, but also, how many plays have you ever gone to where there's two intermissions? Yeah, well, how many games have you gone to where there's two halftimes? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. What would they you need propose to, it be called? Break? I propose they quit playing three fucking periods. That's what I propose. <laughs> no, three periods is the only way to do it. <laughs> you know, I'm actually going to propose that the basketball does three periods from now on. <laughs> Just as Lauren likes to say all the time. Now, granted, I think this may be a red flag, but oh, as Lauren oh, likes to be say, good. Just because you spent years making a mistake doesn't mean you have to continue making that same mistake on a daily basis. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Kendall's almost we into could, her 10th year of making a mistake, but uh, well, you know, I'm still here. You, you better hope that she doesn't quit making that same I'm, mistake. I'm her favorite mistake, okay? <laughs> I'm going to just, that's what I'm going to keep saying. I'm her favorite mistake. Hey. All right. All right. And on that note, that is episode 30 in the books. Episode the old 30. We're over the hill. We're over the we hill. Are. We're over the hill. We are in the downhill slide at this point. Yeah, and it's been a struggle every single episode, but we're glad everyone on the struggle. So, for Aloha Dan, I'm Jake. Until next time. Nat Media, we are the bullshitters. Oh. <laughs> You'll just have to cut this last part. <laughs>